This podcast is brought to you by the good people over at Gamefly. With over 9,000 titles for the PS4, PS3, Xbox One, Xbox 360, Nintendo Switch, Wii, and other consoles, there's no better time for gamers to make the most of their systems by using Gamefly to play all the new and classic games for as little as 32 cents a day. To start your 30-day free trial, head on over to cinemageekly.com slash Gamefly or click the support us link in the show notes for this episode. You're listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. It's a brand new episode of I'm a Doctor, Not a Podcast, Cinema Geekly Star Trek Podcast. It's the Chief Petty Officer, Anthony Lewis, and the Fleet Admiral himself, Ben Knight. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. Hello. (laughs) Hi, Ben. I should have expected it, but I didn't. Every time, I never expect it. Well, I didn't beam in this time, so uh, I thought I'd go with that instead. Yeah, we're we're doing this podcast over subspace. Yeah. Uh, when the terrible reception. Unfortunately, we are not here to talk about Star Trek Picard because it hasn't started yet. Oh, but soon, but soon, soon it will be here, soon. and soon we will watch, and soon we will discuss. Um, did you? Before we start, did you see the news that uh, Kelvin Timeline Star Trek Four is not dead? It's alive, and it's still happening. I did see that news, and I do not know how I feel about that. Um, uh, I, I well, yeah, I do. I uh, so the one portrayal in it that I enjoyed, the actor's now dead. In fact, no, uh, well, there were two: him and the other one that I enjoyed is Quinto as Spock. Mm-hmm. But literally everything else about those movies has just been so. Ugh. And I, uh, I like Star Trek. They were great when there was no Trek, but now we have like an abundance of Trek. If you can even imagine having such a thing. And I just don't know whether we need Kelvin Universe track alongside it. Right. Um, but, you know, hey, they'll make it and I'll watch it and <laughs> that's how life goes. But I, I don't I don't feel the need for them in the way that uh, that I did before, I think. Right. No, that makes sense. I think... Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm still going to get... I mean, I, we're going to give it a shot, right? So yeah, let's not either of us pretend we're not going to do that, obviously. <laughs> yes. Uh, we're totally, I think we're totally going to still, uh, I think we're still going to totally give it a whirl and see how it goes. Uh, yeah. uh, they're saying that it's going to be um, helmed by Noah Hawley, I think, who did Legion on, so they say. on FX. And it sounds like they're not doing the whole Chris Hemsworth 
uh, George Kirk timeline thing. Nothing's nothing seems set in stone, and I think that's something we're we're learning about. Well, the whole of Star Trek at the moment, which is that just when you think something is is definitely you know nailed on, it's not going to to be a thing. So, like the Section Thirty One series, obviously that was announced formally, and now it's almost certain that that's probably not happening, and instead it's going to be replaced with the um, uh, Pike era Enterprise show instead. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's more and more hints being dropped that that they're they're binning the Thirty One series. So, well. Judging by these shirts that we're about to talk about, I'm pretty interested in that. I think. Yeah. Well. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm very much here for that. Uh, I. I think it's sad because until you remember, I think you, people are kind of okay with the idea that it's Pike era Enterprise until you remember what was in the thirty one. So you had Mirror Georgiou and um, uh, Klingon Fandango and Co. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think. I don't know. I, I think it's. A little bit sad, but then one of the things people were excited about about Section Thirty One as a series was that there was an obvious route into it for Seven of Nine. But of course, we know that she's in uh, Picard shows, so eh, it'll all come out in the wash. I think it would be sad if it was the last we saw of Georgia. But um, as I understand it, Michelle Yeoh is um, busy with other projects all of a sudden. So mm. um, maybe I don't know whether she's spat a dummy out or. Yeah. Who knows, but it seems that everything's moved on a little bit. Uh, all right, so let's talk about season two of Short Treks. Uh, last year they released four episodes, and this year they're doing six, where at least it looks like at least two of them on the second end here are going to be animated, which is a different take. Uh, I don't know if the third one is going to be animated. But... It's not. The third The third one's uh, live action, and okay. it's the prequel to the Picard show. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. That was finally confirmed by um, Kurtzman on ooh, date and start of October. I can't remember when. Mm-hmm. Uh, Children of Mars will be um, the prequel to Star Trek Picard. Interesting. Apparently. Yeah. Okay. Um... So let's jump in. Let's talk about the first three that we got. So uh, the first episode is Q&A, and it's all about Ensign Spock on his first day aboard mm-hmm. the Enterprise. And it's him with his superior officer, number one, and they get trapped in a turbo, uh, a turbo lift. And while waiting for the turbo lift to be repaired, Spock asks number one numerous questions and the pair bond over their similarities. So, uh, what did you think of the the first short? Um, I'm loving for a start, putting everything else aside, the aesthetic of uh, Pike era Enterprise. Mm-hmm. Um, they do seem to be building around that aesthetic, which again perhaps adds to the idea that there may be that show coming as a series. But um, there's something about the way it's shot and the the color palette for it, and the careful. Like painstaking design of of that ship, mm-hmm. um, that it it's so joyous to watch. Um, and you know, we're seeing Ethan Peck. I, I didn't question him as Spock this time when I saw that, which is nice. I mm-hmm. I just see him as Spock now. Um, I I mean Rebecca. Uh, I can never pronounce her. Romaine. Is Romaine, isn't it? Yeah. Um, she she's got the cheek and sass to do. Um, 
uh, Una rather rather well, yep. and um, it, it, you know it, it, the, the shorts are a little bit campy, but that's you know I think that's the nature of them. Mm-hmm. But the, the whole thing, um, obviously, Anson Mount seeing him back, um, I'm I'm very slightly falling in love with Anson Mount as Christopher <laughs> Pike. I've, I've come to a realization about that. Uh, I, I yeah, I I enjoyed it. I I didn't particularly enjoy the musical number, but I get why they did it. Yeah, um, you know, and uh, it was a nice little nod to um, oh crikey, who sings it down the line? It's Data, isn't it? I believe it is Data who does the modern major general song. Yes. Yeah, HMS Pinafore. Um, yeah, I mean, I thought Spock's question, um, the first of his questions to number one, was excellent. And I, I quite enjoyed how she was able to answer it quite so readily, which was the, what are the three most salient facts about uh, Captain Pike? Yes. I just thought that was, what an excellent question. <laughs> I mean, that um, is kind of important. Yeah, and and it it, it assumes that his um, first officer, of course, will know the three most salient things about the Captain. I just, I like, every every part of it felt kind of fun and uplifting, whatever else, which... I think the reason I'm so happy about that is that, of mm-hmm. course, a lot of the grief that Discovery has come in for is for being so heavy, so dark. Um, mm-hmm. uh, there, there, there were some swears in the shorts. I think there's only one. I think someone I can't remember. At some Number point, one said bullshit, bullshit. Oh, when Spock said he didn't right. want to be a he, when Spock said he didn't want command. That's right. Yeah. Um, but the the whole tone of this, I don't know. And again, maybe that's also with the aesthetic. The whole thing felt far more um, vibrant and uplifting than uh, than any of Discovery. So I can see why. I think that will play better with those who were hating so heavily on um, Discovery. So I do wonder whether one of the reasons why we might be getting um, the the Pike era Enterprise show. Mm-hmm. Is because that is the the sort of Star Trek uh, um, franchise for those who felt pissed off with Discovery. Yeah, and Discovery can go off and do the dark stuff, which it. I mean, Discovery is going to take you some dark, dark places. I have a feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, so the fact that there's this complete contrast, it basically steals that um, that kind of light and air from. At the moment, the only other alternative, which of course isn't Star Trek technically, it's uh, it is a property of Family Guy in space. Yeah, um, Disney owns so, that now. Yeah, I know. Which oh, I don't even get me started. But um, <laughs> oh, so angry about that. But anyway, uh, the yeah, it was it was great fun. What did you think about it? I really liked it too. Um, there's a lot. I I really enjoyed a lot of the small touches. Uh, Ethan Peck's Spock. Like, to me, he sold it right away. Like, this is Spock's first day on the Enterprise, and the first mm. thing we get is loud-ass Spock, like, from the uh, from the cage. Yep. Uh, you know, Ensign Spock reporting for duty! Uh, <laughs> she's like, dude, all right, just like, turn it down to, like, a five, please. <laughs> uh, but I, like, even that, like, eh, that's how he talked in the cage. I'm like, oh, my God, that's, like, yep. such a tiny little thing to throw in there. Uh, like how many people have really watched that that are watching this? The, the, but and the, the whole meter of his speech is different as well. Isn't Everything, it, yeah. He's yeah. playing Spock before the cage. He is, yeah. He, uh, is. he smiles and laughs in this episode, uh, but so creepy. The conversation he has with Number One in here is, you know, she's like, you know, you got to think about like, like it or not, you're going to have to think about 
perception. She's like, this crew is built, you know, Starfleet itself is built upon diversity. And, you know, I would never ask anybody to, to not be themselves, but you've got to try to keep some stuff in check. And keep, what was it? Keep your freak keep, at home? Was it? Yeah. Keep your freaky, something like that at home or something yeah. like that. And they teased, Boy, did they tease a romantic connection between these two a number of times. Such, such a frisson. Yes. Uh, mm. a, lot, a lot of sparks. But, you know, like, there's a moment right when you think they're going to kiss, and that's when she breaks into the musical number. She's like, I've got a freaky side. And here it is. I love this musical from the H- I love this piece of music from HMS Pitifor. And here it is. Uh... So I mean, there's that. Uh, I like that. I like the. Uh, I, I just thought it, maybe I'm reading too much into this, Ben. You tell me. But we read a lot into things when we cover like Star Trek and Doctor Who. Maybe sometimes we read too much into it. But I thought the hinting at the romance here, because we never saw, we never really got to see Spock and Number One interact all that much in mm. the cage. Um. In fact, if anything, they sort of teased some sort of romantic feelings between number one and Pike in the cage. Yeah. Uh, but they tease some romance here, and part of me is like, well, number one was played by Major Barrett, who remained on Star Trek but turned into Nurse Chapel, and she did have a thing for Spock. And I'm like, she did. Are they? Are they? Is, like, are they just like loosely pointing, like nodding? to people who might remember a, a silly detail like that. Uh, I felt like they were Ben, but again, that's me watching way too much Star Trek and My trying guess to read would too be, much into it. I, I think you're probably right, but I think maybe from a slightly different angle, I think what they might have been doing is looking for what they wanted to build between um, sure. well, between all the characters in, in this show and probably then thought, oh, hang on a minute. What you know? Hang on a bit. There, there was a, a thing, but oh, but then it became nurse. And yeah. I think they, I think they probably did take that as inspiration, and um, maybe somewhere it's accidentally <coughs> they just subconsciously mm. made it okay for me to think like sparks could be flying between these two so quickly, uh, and subconsciously mm. my brain was like seemingly okay with it. Uh, so maybe they unwittingly did this. I can't imagine they actually went through that kind of painstaking detail, but. Uh, subconsciously, I think maybe that's where my head went because I just started thinking about it. Uh, it's some big trolling, though, isn't it? If they if they do make the the whole series of this, never and go have back a to love this. interest with. Well, no, if they do, it'd be even worse because all yeah. those people who love this because it is, you know, um, uplifting Star Trek mm-hmm. will all of a sudden be really pissed off that it's got a um, uh, a romantic storyline for Spock in it. <laughs> yeah, people really do hate that. Spock is to be cold and alone. Yeah, Spock is is the Doctor in Doctor Who. You yes. Know, he, he must be cold and alone, which is why everyone hates it when they're not. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I hope, I hope it will happen. I mean, so not a lot in this episode, but what there was, very enjoyable. I liked it quite a bit. Yeah, I did. Uh, I did. Anything else to add, or, or what would you give Q&A? Um, hmm. A good question. I liked seeing how the turbo lifts work as well. Um it's kind of how we always imagined they worked, isn't it? Mm. Uh, I would give it. Oh, it was fun. It, was, it had nothing of this substance in it, but it was worth yeah. a three and a half just for being a giggle. Yeah, I gave it three and a half as well, but only because uh, I, I think it, I, I dropped it maybe a little bit uh, mm. 
because I don't like my Kelvin verse in my prime timeline. And mm. when they are going through the turbo lifts and stuff, they've got this score playing and it is very evocative of enterprising young men. The theme from those Kelvin it movies, is. you can hear a lot of it in there. Like they're hinting. I mean, and a lot of these design elements are kind of based a little bit on that. Well, they pull from that. They pull from enterprise as in they do. Yes. The- yeah, they, they they pull from a few places, like the the conferencing um, units on the desk in. Uh, actually, that wasn't the first; that's in the second one, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it, it is directly pulled from the original series, but it's the mm-hmm. one that's been modded to look. It's been modded to look a bit like the ones from Enterprise. It's um, yes. It's I, there's a lot of really close attention to detail going mm-hmm. into the, the set design here. I agree. Um, let's talk about my favorite one. Uh, which is also the second one, <laughs> the trouble with Edward. Uh, now, I think there's a gargantuan hole in this episode, like just a massive hole in this. There's episode. There's a couple of big holes in this episode, but we'll touch on them. But that did not detract from how much I loved the performances in this episode, how funny mm-hmm. it was, and at times kind of even scary. Like they made triples kind of scary. Uh, Which is a masterstroke, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Uh, there's a lot going on. There's a little bit of horror. There's a little bit of humor. Uh, there's a lot. So let's talk about it. Uh, there is... Uh, so Anson Mount is in this again for like a, a split second, but he's telling us about how... Uh, what's her name? Lynn? Uh, Lynn yeah, Lucero? Lynn Lucero is being promoted to... excellently by Rosa Salazar, by the way. She yes, excellent. Brilliant in that role. Uh, she's being promoted to the captain of a science ship and saying her goodbye, and he's like, oh, you're going to have a blast. It's going to be good. Uh, but he also jokingly says, you know, if you show any weakness, they'll eat you alive, which is kind of funny foreshadowing, sort of, <laughs> uh, going forward. And she's the captain of the ship, and... Uh, we follow her around. So we're done with the Enterprise for this episode, and we follow this young lady around on her first day on the job as the captain of a science ship. And they are working on helping to solve a planet's food shortage. And she's having a meeting with her senior officers, and she's getting the impressions from like all of them of like, what they want to do and uh, what they're... Uh, what their uh, sections or whatever, what they're working on. And she asks one officer, Edward Larkin, what he's working on. He's not a, he's not part of a team. He's sort of like a one man team, I guess. And he tries to convince them that they can solve this food planet, uh, this food shortage on this planet by genetically modifying tribbles. He talks about like how As he you do. Yes, he talked about how he sort of like discovered tribbles, and uh, t- hilariously talks. I mean, he talks about them in such a cold way. He's like, "Oh, they could eat them," um, and she's like, "Are they intelligent?" And he's like, uh, "You know, if they are, I can, you know, modify them so they're you know brain damaged or something like that." He's like, "I, you know, I tried a couple for science. They're not too bad." He's like, "I fed some to this guy." And he's like a foodie. He thought it was pretty good. Um, he's like, but, you know, like, they're really easy to catch. He's like, one fell off my desk and it died instantly. It was really funny. The I was getting, like, um, I mean, we'll talk about, I guess we'll talk about my thoughts about it in a minute. But um, so he's going through this and uh, 
Captain Lin is like, eh, maybe, maybe not, right? Um, she's like, we're not going to do that. And she wants to transfer him to a different, um, a different team, even though he's not trained in that science. She's like, ah, well, we're scientists. That's part of the reason we do this is because we love learning. So, you know, you know, go do there, uh, go do work there. It'll be, mm-hmm. it'll be just as good. And he does not like this. So he, he writes some like anonymous letters to Starfleet telling their, telling them how bad she is. She he completely ignores orders and uses his DNA to enhance the Tribbles so that they are now born pregnant and they reproduce at a dangerous rate. And Using some sketchy contribution of his DNA. Let's just not get into it. <laughs> yes. And I mean, eventually <laughs> we we see some of the some of the stuff from the trouble with Tribbles, right? Tribbles everywhere. They even play some of the kooky music. They play some sort of Johnny Appleseed song. Um, just having some fun with it. But something that didn't quite happen on the Enterprise happens here. The Cabot becomes completely overrun with Tribbles. Like, they're reproducing at such a ridiculous rate that rooms are being, f- like, filled to the top. Like, you know, water being let into, like, a, a room from, like, an ocean or something. Uh, one woman, I think, pretty much drowns in Tribbles, and Larkin himself dies when he chooses to remain behind while the rest of the crew escapes. And, you know, Cabot, uh, like, the, I guess the Cabot is, like, completely lost. Uh, yes. Larkin, Larkin's... What a truly fucked is the opinion we get at the end of it, I think. Larkin's complaint is like, you were calling me dumb, and she's like, you're the one who called me dumb, in the letters, remember? And, like, the end of the, like, the punchline to all of this is, we then go to her, she's, like, getting reviewed by admirals, like, for everything that happened, and they're running down everything, they're like, these some of these tribbles got onto the planet and they had to evacuate the planet because they repopulated. Some of them made it into Klingon space. All of this happened because of one guy. They're like, "What happened?" And she's like, "He was an idiot." <laughs> and like that's the at the end. I don't know if you caught at the end of the credits. There's also oh, like yes, a, I did. a parody commercial for a tribble cereal, which was Absolutely also excellent. Lovely. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So what did you think? I, I reckon so many people must have missed that commercial as well. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't seen it, go watch like it. Three quarters of the way through the credit sequence at the end. So yes, um, it's excellent yeah. though. Very funny. Uh, it is. It's lovely. What, what did you um, think of this? In fact, it, in fact, actually, that advert feels an awful lot like um, that. Feels like a uh, an Orville type thing. Mm-hmm. It's almost that. yeah. Oh, definitely that. Good. Even not even almost. I think yeah. definitely that would be something. Yeah. Um, what did I think of this? Uh, again, really enjoyed it. It does have a massive problem, which is, I mean, honestly, Tribbles. Poor old Tribbles. Mm-hmm. So if you follow Tribbles through the timeline of Star Trek, um, at one point prior to this in the timeline, so before this episode, yeah. we already learned that they're already reproducing um, at a prodigious rate. Yes. Um, because we're told that in... Oh, crikey. Now, hang on. Now, where do we first get told that? I get. I struggle with this. That's in Enterprise, isn't it? Yes, Flox tells us, doesn't he, in Enterprise? Yes. Um, and then, then we get this episode in which um, we find out that they weren't, but now they are. Yes. Uh, and then in uh, the original series, we get an idea of their reproduction rate, 
um, which is nowhere near as fast as it is in this episode. Yes. So it's possible Tribbles they may make... have slowed it. Yeah, I guess. I mean, Tribbles make very little sense in in the Star Trek uh, <laughs> yes. timeline. They are there basically just to you know fuck with people, mainly Klingons, as it goes. Yes. Um, but it was good fun. I I mean, I I enjoyed Rosa Salazar as uh, Linda Saro. I Edward Larkin felt a bit. Um, a bit Harry Mudd esque for my liking, mm-hmm. um, but you know it was he was there for the purpose he was there for. Mm-hmm. I did enjoy the the briefing room scene though. Mm-hmm. Um, some, I mean, I know you know basically extras, unless these people end up being in um, one or other of the the other shows as well. But um, some some really good extra acting mm-hmm. um, on faces around that table, which I quite enjoyed. Agreed. Um, yeah, it, again, it, it's it's sort of silliness. It, but, but it's silliness, but it, it's showing you that there is a wider, um, wider universe that they've bothered to build um, in Toronto here for yes. for for that particular era. And I do wonder whether this is partly um, Alex Kurtzman, because although obviously he didn't write or direct these ones, um, he's obviously still the showrunner. Mm. I do I do wonder whether some of this is is done to placate those who were so angry at the first two seasons of Discovery. Mm-hmm. Because again, this had that feel of, yeah, you know, there's so many bat references in this episode. Yeah. Um, and there are lots of tiny, tiny little ones. A lot of them are, you know, uh, are, are things from the set rather than anything else. But um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, it does feel like, you know, some attempt to placate. Um, but, <laughs> I, I enjoyed it. I, I give give me an episode with Tribbles any day, and I'm always going to be in love with it. Sure. Um, and you know, and who who doesn't love that lovely little chirpy sound? Oh, everybody loves a good a good Tribble coo, for sure. Except if you play Star Trek Online, um, because it's like the most prevalent noise in Star Trek Online. And after a little <laughs> while, it annoys the living shit out of you. <laughs> then it gets on your then it gets on your nerves. Um, yeah, I like this a ton. I laughed a lot during this episode. I thought there were a lot of just really funny lines, really funny moments. Like when she calls Larkin into her ready room to be like, everybody knows you did this. And he's trying to explain himself. And she's like, look, no, you're, you're being transferred. You're dismissed. Like, that's it. He's, she's like, the conversation's over. And he's like, well, technically the conversation's not over. If I keep talking, the conversation can, can I continue. Just... Yes. No, no, you can't. <laughs> no, you can't. Uh, and as she rightly says, I don't understand how you got this far in your career. Yes, okay, so to me, this is the biggest issue with this episode. At first I thought, like, oh, he's like... He's like Pike-era Star Trek Reg Barkley. He's a little neurotic, he's a little quirky, mm-hmm. he's really smart, but, you know, he's got his quirks. But then, by the time this rolled on, no, this dude is a lunatic? Oh, hey, cray cray. Yeah. He's a maniac... How did he get commissioned? How has no one noticed this before? He's just like, oh, that's that's Ed. He's crazy. You know, it's like we just we just gave him the badge and the uniform so he'd stop bugging us. Like he's not really Starfleet, uh, but no, he's a Starfleet. Has he been impregnating the livestock again? <laughs> what is with this man? He's oh yeah. You should have seen what he's done to the Gorn. Uh, you don't want to know. Oh, no, uh, they used to move around so good, and like after Ed was done sc- with them, it's going to take a lot of scrubbing. That's all I'll say. 
They used to move yeah. around so smooth and agile like, but once Ed was done with them, they're stiff as a board. Those Gorn. Check, uh, <laughs> uh, please. That that look, Ben. That's now my that's now my head cannon for how they've gone from the Enterprise Gorn to the Gorn in uh, Arena. So that makes sense. They once moved very smoothly and almost yeah. animated like, and. Uh, now they move almost like a guy in a bad rubber suit. And they look a bit like Croc from Emu's Wide World in the 80s. That's a very brief <laughs> reference. My apologies, but still. Um, but no, this man is a Starfleet officer somehow. He's, I don't know how. Did He's... he have a rank? I didn't catch that, actually. Because I, I was wondering whether he was um, a scientist on board a Federation yeah. uh, vessel rather than uh, an officer. I didn't, I didn't happen to notice a rank on his... Uh, I... I didn't look either. I mean, he is in uniform and has he a is. has a badge and everything, but uh, I, I just I can't explain why he exists like maybe this. He, maybe he went mad like in in post. Maybe or we didn't see it. You know. Yeah, there's like a scene where he walks out and he's just in tidy whities in the middle of a corridor. <laughs> I mean, he's clearly here for like comedy purposes to a degree, but. Just really hard to believe this guy would be accepted onto a ship, regardless of how smart he is. Like, yeah. you know, I started out thinking he's Reg Barkley, and I'm like, oh, wait, no, no, no. He's, like, insane. Like, Reg isn't like that. Reg would not welcome that uh, comparison. No, no. Uh, so, in, like, that regard, it makes no sense. But it was so entertaining. I really liked it. Yeah. Uh, what would you give the trouble with Edward? Um... Oh, I enjoyed the hell out of it. I'm going to say four and a half, just because I actual laugh out uh, laughed out loud several times during it. Yeah, four and a half. I the thing that got me the most was just like one fell off my desk and died instantly. <laughs> like, okay, no, no, no. It's the end of that line. He says, "So one fell out, uh, fell off my desk and just died instantly." So there's that. So there's that. <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, there is. Yeah, there, there's that. <laughs> It was it was really funny stuff. Um, and the face of the, the the colleague at the briefing who we'd fed a triple to. Yes. And it, you get the distinct impression from the facial expression that that was not voluntary. No, he did not know. That's he what he was He thought it was good. And he just looks across at uh, Lucera and just does a shake of the head like, yeah. no. I mean, no, all no, these triples are everywhere. And all he's saying is like, you know, if we just eat our fair share of these, the population will decrease. Oh, like, he's the tri- obsessed the with eating Hoover. them. The Tribble Hoover. Yes. How did I forget? Oh my, my god, face. yes. Somebody comes by with just a giant tube and is sucking Tribbles up into them. Yeah. Absolutely. Hilarious. Actually, this basically was an Orville episode. Wasn't it, it was, kind of. <laughs> it was pretty good. Um, episode three is uh, Ask Not. This has got to be like the shortest of the. This, this yeah, came in under 10 minutes. minutes. Yeah. Well. This came in yeah. under 10 nine... minutes. Yeah. Yeah, nine minute twenty eight. I think I got it asked. Yeah, super short. Uh, yeah. And I think it was good, but I think we can all agree that they just took that one section of that Wesley Crusher episode from Next Gen <laughs> and just yeah. made it made it into a, a track short here. Uh, when Starbase twenty eight is attacked, Cadet Thera Sidhu is given a uh, given care of a mutinous prisoner who turns out to be one Captain Christopher Pike of the Enterprise. Pike attempts to pressure her into releasing him, but she refuses. She sticks to the the Starfleet rules and regulations. Um, and no matter what Pike tries to tell her, she just sticks to it. 
and ultimately at the end, Pike reveals that this is indeed a simulated test, and by passing it, uh, Sidhu is accepted as part of the Enterprise crew. Um, I like how they do go out of their way in this episode to be like, this seems like extreme or like not even humane, but in like a battle scenario, like that's just the reality of existence. Like yeah. they're not humane. They're, they are extreme and you know, you've got to stick together and do what you need to do. You can't let other stuff influence you because that's how people die. So, yeah. uh, it was short. Anything, if anything, by the end of this, I, I completely agree with you that I really want to see this Pike era enterprise show. Anson Mount would be just a great lead on a God, like, weekly good. basis. Yeah, I think he's and uh, he's excellent. become such an utter Star Trek nerd. Yes, huge. I love how much of a nerd he's become. Yep, it's excellent. absolutely excellent. Uh, thoughts on the the short? <laughs> There's not a lot to go on. I no. mean, um, I. Uh, yeah, it's exactly that. I um, kind of even quickly weird. figured out... I even kind of very quickly figured out what was happening as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that was the point, is that I think maybe we were... I think we we know what the score is with that scenario, don't we, as soon as we see yes. it, whereas I think the point was... I mean, the theme to this series of shorts seems to be beginnings, doesn't it? Because yes. Because it's, yes. it's Spock's first day, um, it's a new day as a captain, yep. this is a new uh, ensign. I'll, I'll be interested to see if... Um, Eight and nine, or well, sorry, four and five in in this run, uh, are um, our firsts as well in the animation um, series. But mm-hmm. um, it, it, I mean, it, it was it was exactly what you'd expect. It was a bit sort of quick fire. I did quite enjoy the slightly sort of reminded me of an update of um, that sort of slightly sort of S and M scene from the Flash Gordon movie with his futuristic <laughs> bondage. Uh, um, Hood, but yeah, uh, but there you go. Um, what a pull yeah, that is! Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it was it was what it was, yes. and uh, we. I, I have a feeling that in uh, Thera Sidhu, we've we've been introduced to another cast member of um, of the Pike uh, show. Mm-hmm. So, which I'm I'm happy with. Uh, <laughs> again, I did enjoy the aesthetic again, though. I know I keep mentioning it, but they're obviously trying really hard to not just make a, a modern starship interior because they have to make it, you know, viewable on, you know, 4K televisions yeah. in a way that obviously the original could not have been. Um, but without, you know, leaping ahead and going, oh, well, look, you know, we can't mm-hmm. just... Yeah, they're, they're being sensitive to um, to the origin of the show. And I, and again, I, I think it's, I think it's, you know, an attempt to heal wounds, I think, a little bit. Mm. Um but I enjoyed it. I and then I got a little bit giddy because obviously straight after Astronaut is the the trailers for um, the next three uh, or at least two next, of them. Certainly the next two, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, in terms of what I would, well, sorry, what, what's what's your take on Astronaut? Uh, <laughs> it's not much of a take. Uh, like I said, I, I figured out kind of what was going on, of just like a couple minutes into it. Like, as soon as he started, like, pressuring her to, like, go against what she's supposed to do, like, question what she's doing, I'm like, this mm-hmm. is a test. <laughs> They're testing uh, this person. Uh, why would they, Why would they in this critical moment, leave uh, such a critical prisoner with a cadet uh, all on her own? So, 
it was and, easy and to suddenly start quoting subsections of uh, of Starfleet. Code <laughs> he was literally testing her, well. like remembering if she's done her homework. You're yes. forgetting about Federation One Six Two Point Nine B. No member of the crew shall ever report to work in a ginger toupee. Yes. It's That's just, a red, red dwarf gag. I apologize. He's like, um, he's like, what? He's like, what about this one? And she's like, that only applies to captains who are on duty. And he's yeah. like, oh, she gets an A. You uh, silly captain! <laughs> you should know that. Uh, it's almost like you're testing me. Uh, <laughs> oh, she got us. Uh, but yeah, I uh, I liked it for what it was. Uh, it was mm. pretty transparent. But uh, the thing that really I came out of this liking, I liked her, uh, and I really just, conti- every time I see Anson Mount as Pike, so just good. grow to like yeah. him. Every time I see him, I like him a little bit more, and I, yeah, I need this show to occur. Uh, There's a lot of cast be- photos of it kicking around on the internet, mm-hmm. so I think it's, it's gonna obviously be- more, yeah. I think it's going to be really good, and I like... Uh, that we're going to do like a show that takes place with characters we're interested in in a time of Star Trek that we haven't seen told, and they've moved Discovery into the distant future, so we're going to get part of Star Trek we've never seen before, and we're going to have our nostalgia kick in finding out what happened with uh, Picard at the end of the the Prime Timeline stuff. Which just looks so good. Yeah, I'm excited for everything. So much much Star Trek. And it doesn't really matter whether it's the, the TNG sort of fanboying over you know the sort of it's a bit like generations a little bit seeing them age that severely but yeah it, it's whether it's that or whether it's watching jerry ryan with two phaser rifles um, <laughs> badass just kicking uh, ass yep yeah i mean oh and i felt in the the um the full trailer for uh picard mm-hmm. there was a slight touch of um the sort of new star wars type aesthetic the um a lot in the costume design mm-hmm. uh, for, for for some people. That a lot of that felt more Star Wars than than Star yeah. Trek. I thought, yeah, which is interesting. We got those glimpses um, of Data and Riker in those trailers. So, but it, isn't it isn't it incredible that you know you have such a level of investment in shows like or a particular franchise like Star Trek? Oh yeah, that just in I mean, how long is that trailer? I don't know, maybe like a couple a minutes, minute maybe. and a half, maybe. Yeah. yeah, something like that. And in that space of time, I don't know. The first time you watched it, how many times did you ever kind of? <sighs> Oh, so, yeah, yeah, proper kind of oh moment. It was yeah. um, oh so enjoyable. And uh, um, uh, Patrick Stewart said, oh, not, well, I can't remember where it was now. One of the other of the Comic Cons uh, recently that um, he, he basically said, yeah, I pretty much guarantee every major cast member of um, Next Gen and probably quite a few of Voyager are going to appear in this show. That's um, that's good. So it, yeah, it's not just... Obviously, we know Riker, Data, and uh, Troy already. Mm. We know Seven of Nine already. Um, but he's been dropping various bits of clue left, right, and center that, oh, that's we'll see more. very much yeah. the tip of the iceberg. Well, we know that... Um, and I'm sure they're planning probably more than one season of this, I'm guessing. Well, ha- yeah, 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 for sure. Um, uh, What's-his-face thingy? Uh, Garrett Wang has already um, yeah. been popping up everywhere on the internet basically sort of waving his arms around saying hello remember me harry kim <laughs> in the show oh well he's busy mates with jerry ryan as well so yeah um, that may help him i suspect yeah um and of course if the show ever starts to flag and it runs for a number of years and it needs uh a bit of a, a boot in the ass um i'm guessing that's when they'll keep uh kate mulgrew for yeah they'll they'll bring in 
Janeway to do that Janeway Picard tag team that we haven't really seen. We only got a hint yeah. of in that one film, and that's it. And the on-screen reuniting of um, once once-time spiring partner Jerry Ryan. Yep. But now busy mates. Well, not busy mates, but I think at least not. Yeah, I think they get along other, pretty so. well. Yeah, yeah. Which is all down to Harry Kim. Yeah. Thank you, Mr. Wang. Yeah, and if you if you haven't seen that that um, conference in which that happened at the um, San Diego, I think I want to say. Yeah, I believe it was. Um, yeah, um, it's like one of the most gut wrenching um, things I've sort of ever seen. At yeah. <laughs> any sort of event like that. Basically, if you, if you haven't seen it, it's. Um, him and Jerry Ryan, I can't remember if anyone else is on the stage, actually I think it might just be those I two I think it's them yeah. Um, yeah, and talking about, you know the difficulties on set sort of thing and it turns out that it's the first time that Garrett Wang is telling the story of you know, how that affected him mm-hmm. um, it's the first time he's telling Jerry Ryan about that and he yeah. just breaks down in floods of tears during it and it's like yeah. just, just the most horrifying thing to watch but apparently it was seeing that that made um, Kate Mulgrew and uh, Jerry Ryan soften on things yeah. try and bury the hatchet a bit yeah, yeah. So. always good yeah we strayed a little bit right, far uh, off of the yeah, sorry. off course here what would you give ask not Ben <laughs> um <sighs> eh, it was alright um I think that's only worth a three to be fair for what it was yeah agreed uh a three as well uh, not not bad good but you not much also there is not a lot going on here I think is what we can say about it no um Okay, so uh, it feels like we just got here, but it's time to wrap up things already. Uh, head on over to uh, cinemageekly.com, where you can check out the archives of this show. Uh, and, of course, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify. Just search for I'm a Doctor, Not a Podcast. Hit subscribe. Uh, that way you can come back sometime in the year 2020. I guess it's not that far away, Ben, uh, as December is close upon us, but... Uh, well, hang on, they may be able to come back in the middle of December to hear at least some of what we may have to say on the animated shows, if they're any good. Oh, are those starting already? Uh, well, as it, well, the on the 12th of December... Well, yeah, I figured, I figured we'd probably right. wait until all three were released I'm gonna, uh, well, to do them I'm going to make a suggestion that okay. apparently those two are definitely, like, a thing. They are effectively two parts of the animated show. Okay. The third one is wholly separate and is just the, the kind of week before the start of okay. um, the Picard series. The Picard series, and it'll lead directly into the start it. of that. Okay. Yeah, so if there's any appetite for it, then I think maybe well, we'll come back. December 12th we should do those. Yeah, we'll come back, uh, we'll come back shortly. I, I want my chief science officer back. Where is she? I didn't give her leave. Yeah, uh, uh, maybe, I don't Let's know, pro- probably AWOL? Uh, it's possible. I- I'll have to go... I'll have to go check the transporter logs, Ben. Well, she was going to go and investigate um, sightings of Cybermen, apparently. <laughs> Damn wrong show. That's another podcast. Another uh, podcast. I guess, you know, we'll come back. Uh, we'll try this out. Uh, we'll come back in December. And uh, we'll talk about more short treks. Animated. I believe both of these are animated episodes. Yep. Uh, it's Ephraim and Dot and the Girl Who Made the Stars. 